what is the most important attribute to look for in a spouse and to try to achieve as a spouse? Welcome to the Transformative Daft. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 29 of Ksubis and our sages tell us that we should strive to have a spouse and to be a spouse who infuses the marriage with Havaya. What is Havaya? Yashikoach and thank you to Greg Pesson of Edmonton, Canada for dedicating today's transformative Duff message in honor of his birthday and the birthday of Rabbi Ari Drelich, the Chabad Shliach of Edmonton. We wish you both Hatzlacha Rabba and a huge Mazel Tov to Greg on having completed Shas right now with the conclusion of Tractate Yavamas at Beth Israel Synagogue in Edmonton. May you go from strength to strength. Welcome to the Transformative Duff and thank you for being my Chavrusa today. I like to begin with a story. The Goldbergs had finally married off all their children and it was time for that well-earned vacation. The good news was that they had agreed on a destination. The bad news was that they couldn't agree on how to pronounce the place. It's Hawaii, I'm telling you, said Rivka. I've never known anyone so stubborn, replied Herschel. Hawaii is how it's pronounced. And so it continued for the entire plane ride. Waiting at the baggage claim, they decided to solve the matter once and for all. Stopping a fellow with a Hawaiian shirt, they figured the locals should know how to pronounce their locale's name. Excuse me, sir, we need your help. Could you please settle an argument between my wife and me? Is this Hawaii or Hawaii? This is Hawaii, the man replied. See, Herschel gloated to Rivka. Didn't I tell you never to argue with me? Herschel turned back to the man and gave him a hearty thank you. You're welcome, replied the helpful stranger. Let's look at today's Gemara. And she shall be tiyah to him as a wife. Shimona Timni says, this is referring to a woman who has being, Havaya, in her. Rem Shimon says, this is referring to a woman who is suitable to maintain as a wife. Let's analyze the Gemara. If a man has relations with a woman without consent, the Torah mandates that he marry her. In addition, he must pay a fine to her father. But what if she's not halakhically permissible to him? The Mishnah later expounds the words, and she shall be to him as a wife, to mean that she must be a woman fitting to him. What exactly does that mean? There are certain people with whom one is not allowed to marry, but if one did so, the marriage remains in effect, whereas there are other people with whom the marriage is not valid whatsoever. An example of the form is that a Kohen may not marry a divorcee. If he does, they must get divorced. An example of the latter is a man who marries his sister. Despite going through all the motions of the chuppah, the ring, and the ketubah, the so-called marriage is meaningless. Marriage to a sibling is not just forbidden, it has no validity whatsoever. Hence, they don't need a get to be divorced, as they were never married to begin with. If the incident with the non-consensual relations occurred in such circumstances where marriage is forbidden, obviously they should not get married. But must the fine still be paid? According to Shimon Timni, although the Kohen may not marry the divorcee, since in theory they could be married, the fine must be paid. In the case of the siblings, no fine would be paid as marriage is an impossibility. Shimon Manasseh maintains, however, that even in the case of the Kohen, no fine would be levied because they may not remain married to one another. This is a very difficult law in the Torah for many of us to grapple with. It goes without saying that she must agree to the marriage, but the mere suggestion that the maiden should marry this predator is challenging. 
The Talmud implies later that the law is designed to protect particularly vulnerable women, such as those with physical disabilities. Having taken advantage of this woman, the man would be required to marry and maintain her, as is befitting a daughter of Israel. Despite our potential discomfort with this law, we must endeavor to apply the Torah's message to our own lives, as with every mitzvah in the Torah. The discussion in the Gemara affords us such an opportunity. If the Mishnah insists that even this depraved individual may only marry a woman fitting to him, then certainly we must all seek to marry spiritually fitting spouses. How do we define fitting? According to Shimon Timni, it is a spouse who has Havaya in her. According to Shimon Nasya, it is an individual who is suitable to maintain as a spouse. Since they're both expounding the same idea of the fitting spouse, if we were to combine their two opinions, we might say that it is fitting to maintain a spouse who has Havaya. And upon further self-reflection and introspection, one concludes that in order to be fitting husbands and wives for our spouses, we must strive to have Havaya in ourselves. What is Havaya? Havaya translates literally as being, but it means much more than simply existing. Our rabbis often refer to God's four-letter name as the Shem Havaya. For example, the great Kabbalist Rabbi Chaim Vital has a work entitled Viadata Es Hashem Ksivas Shem Havaya. The Nitziv explains that the name Havaya is more than a simple combination of Hashem's existence in the past, present, and future. The name represents how Hashem brings everything into being. Shem Havaya Shehu Mahava Hakol. In other words, Havaya is an active concept. It's not just about existing, it's about creating. What is a fitting spouse? Not someone who just exists in the marriage waiting around for his spouse to take care of him. To be a fitting spouse, you need to bring things into being. You need to make things happen. Every opportunity you have to bring life and excitement to be mahava in your marriage and family life is a moment that you have demonstrated that you have havaya. But of course, having Havaya is not just about bringing this worldly joy and effort into the marriage. It should sound obvious that the meaning of someone who has Havaya, with a capital H, is that God permeates his very being. Someone who places his life in the hands of the Almighty, that's a good spouse. That's why the word for man is Ish, spelled Aleph Yud Shin. The word for woman is Isha, spelled Aleph Shin He. The common denominator is Aleph Shin, which spells Aish. The extra letters are Yud and He, God's name. Aish is fire, together with God's name. When the marriage is infused with godliness, the fire, the passion of the relationship becomes divine. The bond with one spouse is the closest and deepest of all human relationships. But you need to make the effort throughout every relationship in your life. Don't wait for others to make things happen. Be the person who makes them happen. Infuse every relationship with Havaya. Faith that Hashem is in control and everything will work out for the best. And when you're looking for the right friends, seek out people who have Havaya in their lives. Having Havaya means living with joy, with purpose, and with the knowledge that our lives are in Hashem's hands. May you have Havaya in all your relationships, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Daf Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Daf Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Daf Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Daf for everyone. 
It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvatar. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe to achieving a life of simcha and purpose. Transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.